TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and it gives me great pleasure on this very special Anzac edition of 100 Not Out to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great man. Hello, great man. What an exciting day to be talking with Thelma today, our guest. I'm very excited. I'm wrapped that I'm doing this podcast with you again today. It is. It is. It's so exciting that uh, in in Australia, I think we do a wonderful job at celebrating um, the Anzacs, uh, particularly those that really have. in many ways, heart-wrenching stories to tell, but they are absolutely inspiring at the same time. And one of those ladies is Thelma Zimmerman. Big shout-out to Brett Hill, our Wellness Couch teammate, who shared us the story of Thelma. Thelma and her husband, Albie, met when they were, or they fell in love when they were 15 years of age, and uh, they both enlisted in the war together. We're going to learn the wonderful story of Thelma Zimmerman as we head on over to Adelaide. Thank you so much for joining us on 100 Not Out, Thelma. No, good afternoon. It's an absolute joy to have you on. And as again, we, we celebrate Anzac Day um, in uh, probably one of the most patriotic days on the Australian calendar. For those people that are just learning about you now, would you be kind enough to share with us what Anzac Day means to you? It means remembering all the sacrifices people have made and all of the uh, remembering the people who never returned home to their loved ones and caring for those who did come back even to this day. It's beautiful. You, you, it's a, you couldn't have said it any better. You were, in many ways, I suppose, fortunate that your husband, Albie, did return back um, from the war. Yes. I'd like to just um, backtrack a little bit before the war. It's a beautiful love story. From what I can understand, you both uh, fell in love the moment that you met each other when you were at Hindmarsh School. Um, you were Thelma Kinsman. He was Albert Zimmerman. Um, you were 15 when you met. You were 18. He, yeah. he was three years older. And, yes, I was 18 when we married. 18 when you married. Um, you both uh, joined the Air Force um, in 1941. During 1943. My husband said, look, I'll have to go, and he got his uniform and went down to his mother, and she accepted it by then. But it wasn't until about 18 months later, which made it 1943. And, and then you were determined to go together, so you went off to Melbourne, and you were, you were, part, you we were, were a telephonist? Po- we were posted to Melbourne, and you, a husband and wife were not allowed to be on the same base. And when it was, his mother had sent us a letter to me and then I give it to my husband to read and he keeps it. And we were found, I was passing him the letter and they said, you're not allowed to be, uh, you know, fraternising here. And I said, oh, but we're married. <laughs> and so, you know, then I was promptly sent back to the Adelaide base because oh. you were not allowed to be on the same base together. Now, we laugh about it now, but that would have been somewhat heartbreaking, oh, wow. would it not? 
Absolutely. Oh, well, you just accepted the rules as they were. That was all. You know, it was just part and parcel of the war. Wow. You, um, there's, there's a couple of photos in this uh, Adelaide article, Thelma, and you're a, a gorgeous woman, like an absolutely beautiful woman. And just your husband. Just no, average. not at <laughs> my all. Husband, a little, my a little button a... nose, beautiful lips. <laughs> I can see it. My I husband was it. a good looking man. He was uh, in a lovely nature and just so beautiful. Mm, yeah, and you can really tell that there's a lot of love there and, it, and it's continued. I love your opening line of this article uh, when you say, when you've had the best, don't worry about the rest. And my grandfather, who passed away only a few weeks ago, he was 99 and 350. Oh, he didn't quite make the hundreds. Didn't quite make it. But he was the same. He said, I'll never find another woman like my nana. And But, yeah. he, but he also worked in – he was a Morse coder in the war, and so he, he used to do the Morse code. And, and the stories that he tells um, – well, he used to tell um, – of the love he had for my nana. Were, oh, were, how lovely. But I can see that with you too. Do you often reminisce and talk about Elby uh, with your family and friends? Do you share oh, yes, stories? We do. we do. And one of my uh, niece's sons, who never met my husband, of course, he said, oh, what did Uncle Elby do in the war? I know he was in the Air Force, and he couldn't believe the uh, part he played in it, that they had to go by boat to the islands and yes. uh, repair the airstrips and... Um, uh, then the planes could land, then they go on to the next island. It was called Island Hopping of the Air Construction Corps. Unbelievable. Such an important role to play. And, uh, well, and Every part played in Army, Navy or Air Force. Each little job was important to the bigger picture. Now, yeah. On the on the personal front, Thelma, you were uh, four years apart whilst Albie was doing all of this work for the. Excuse me, no, that's where there's been this mistake. Okay. It was put in the paper. We uh, joined up in 1941, but it was 1943, and so we weren't in four years. I was only in two. So two years apart, even still two years apart, and you saw each other, I think it is, uh, if this is factually correct, for four days when Albie had some yeah. R&R. Um, yeah. Now, these days, I mean, I'm very blessed. I work from home. I see my family every day. It's just a part of what we do. I mean, for those that are – I mean, that's an incredible show of faith and love and determination. And I think as the story goes, Albie came home from the war and – pretty much walked into the hospital and met his daughter, Diane, for the first time just moments after uh, she was Correct. born? Correct. But there were many people, my brother, for instance, in the army, they went to the Middle East. They were there for four years. And you can imagine what that was like. Mine was nothing compared to their length of absence and uh, loneliness and all that. And what about the poor people in Changi Prison Camp? Those poor devils were there for about three years and came home absolute wrecks. So ours was, you know, almost like a Sunday school picnic in comparison to some of these other people. Four years away from the Middle East, you come back home, you have a week's leave, they either got married or, you know, just stayed together for that lovely time together, and off they went to New Guinea. So four years and only seeing each other for seven days, that was even worse. Oh yeah, that's just 
That's horrendous. But there's, I mean, there's whole, there's a lot of different stories, isn't there, that come out of the war periods and the war years. Yes, absolutely. If you could get hold of the main ones, ours is just ordinary, but there was a lot lot of people that hardly ever seen them or heard from their uh, letters got lost or something. And my brother was in the prisoner of war camp in Italy. He was at Trabuk, he's a rat at Trabuk. And um, the... uh, Mail came one day and they made them sit around in a circle and it was freezing cold. They had a fire and they called out their names and when they went to get up, the prisoners put a gun, the guards put a gun on them and they burnt their letters. That would be the coolest thing you could oh ever do gosh. to a, a chap from home. So people don't know all these little things that went on behind the scenes. But what no, a cool thing terrible. to do. So cool. cruel. So cruel. Yeah, that's that's horrendous. Thelma, we could talk about all of those war years, but we're very interested in you because you're doing very well. You sound unbelievably great. You sound very healthy. You've got a memory like an elephant. You can remember all these fine details. It's incredible. What do you do these days that keeps you so well? How do you stay so well? Well, up until December, I worked every Wednesday morning at our um, church shop, the Magdalen Centre, and we uh, uh-huh. give food and clothing to the needy and the homeless. So I was there for 15 years, helped clean the church for 25 years, and I live in the War Widows Complex in Rose Park, and I uh, man the trading table every Friday, uh, once a month of a Friday. We have a committee meeting once a month on a, on a Tuesday. And so uh, you keep busy. Then I go to church, and I'm on the roster for the kitchen duty, and now it's about uh, uh, every two and a half weeks or something like that because uh, one of our dear ladies died and there's no one to replace her and another man has given up. So, you know, you do them almost every second week. So we've cut down from um, a nice breakfast to just biscuits and coffee. <laughs> well, this is incredible, Thelma. You've got a, a great degree of purpose and... And you're, you're very useful, which Damien and I find when we interview the graceful ages that they definitely are doing doing things in their daily life that makes them feel important and valued and a significant member of society, which is wonderful to have that reconfirmed with you. What about movement? We're really curious in people that are aging gracefully and the way they move their bodies. Are you someone that likes to keep active? You're obviously still living independently. You're 96 going on 21. You're, you're still active and, and moving? <laughs> Every uh, Tuesday we have an exercise class in our hall and it's only the last 12 months I've started to use a walking stick but not all the time. Someone will say, where's your stick? I'll say, oh, I forgot it, you know, <laughs> because you're not used to having it. I can still manage and things like that and I've marched in the Anzac Day march until last year uh, because the lady I was going to march with and she said, We'll, we'll hold each other's arms, you know, link arms and march along like that. But she wasn't well, she stayed in bed, so I didn't do it because I felt a little bit unsteady, even with uh, I would have had my stick and I would have been all right. But I thought, no, I don't want to make a fool of myself and fall down. So uh, I just viewed it from a, a stand along King William Street that uh, where they all march, and I won't be marching this year either. So, you know, you keep busy, you do things, and uh, you walk and you go to the shops and things like that. I no longer go into the city often, just occasionally now. 
Yeah. How important are your friends around you these days, Thelma? I mean, you would oh, have had a few drop off the perch. but It's wonder, you, wonderful. They're just there to help each other if we can. And yeah. years ago when I was younger and a lady would have a shoulder operation, I'd do her laundry for six weeks. And, oh. you know, you think nothing of it. It's just something you did. It's like our yes. mother brought us up. Help each other. You know, so that's what you that did. That doesn't happen these days, does it? No, it's very Not un- quite unusual for that to happen. But anyhow, that's what you do. You just help each other. And uh, now, you know, someone's ill, you see if the, you go into the shop or the post office and say, want anything at the post office and things like that, you know. It's just yeah. what you do to help each other. It's just a, a sense of community. Yeah, it's just community. It's like it's you hang around together and you build each other up. Well, it's when you brought up with a large family or even people who don't have large families are quite kind and courteous and things like that. It's just what yeah. you do for each other, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Thelma, yeah. you mentioned large families and we haven't touched on this, this yet, but you were born one of 12 and when your your father passed away, um, it's an incredible story with your dad. I mean, buried alive but survived. And then- I know, not for long, yes, he was, but not for long. But then he was gassed and sent to England to recover. And that, back in the trenches, no R&R in those days. So Dad went straight back into the trenches. And when my brother wanted to join up in the Second World War, Dad said, not as long as I'm alive, son, you'll, I'll never sign your papers. Yes. And then Dad died and so then my brother joined up. Oh, it's a phenomenal story, but I'd love to know where it sits now with your siblings. Um, how many of them are still alive? Oh, sadly, there's only five of us alive, and we're all in our 90s, from 90 to 97. Well, I, I, no doubt, um, I'm sure it's it's sad to not have those siblings still with you, but you must be incredibly grateful and joyous to be able to still celebrate life with five of your siblings. Yes, and we meet for lunches and that. And at Easter, I went to my sister's girl's uh, home, and we had uh, there was ten of us, all family, and had a lovely time together. And uh, I, I see or ring my daughter, or she rings me often. I only have one uh, child, and because uh, I couldn't have any more, and um, medically, and uh, anyhow, um, you know, you just. Uh, have uh, lunches, we all meet together for different birthdays through the year, so you'd say you meet each month, because often there's a birthday every month, then you've got the in-laws <laughs> as well, so you know, we have quite a lot of family time together, and then smaller family groups. Oh, sounds amazing, I love that, I, when I look at people in a big family, I go, oh, that's what I, I wish Yeah, when for. you're 90, when you're 96. And have, yeah. you, and have you yeah. got one, a large family? No, nah, I've got a little family. I've got one son. That's all we were able to have. But we, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of two, and, uh, and my mum's one of four. So it's never been really big for us. But my grandmother was one of 12, so they had their own cricket team. And, uh, and so that was kind of cool. And my yeah. grandfather was one of eight. So, you know, there was some yeah, big, you know, lots of families there. and aunties and great uncles and great aunties. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. I want to know, Thelma, what do you eat? What do you have for breakfast, lunch and dinner? Uh, well, I've always had a lot of fish and a lot of fruit. Nice. But I don't know that that makes much difference. But, uh, uh, you know, you just had 
normal average everyday things and I'm not a <laughs> vegan and, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> like, like, like meat and uh, I don't have a lot of it but I like it occasionally, you know. And then, as I say, I'll have at least two fish meals a week. I used to have yep. more when I was younger. <laughs> you know, just the ordinary everyday things and a handful of nuts and things like that. <laughs> Isn't it hilarious, Domo, that a 96-year-old is now having to remind people that they're not a vegan in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I know, I know. It's incredible. It's oh, incredible. Dear. We look at all these people, Thelma, we look at all these people who keep on sprouting on about the, the virtues of a vegan diet or the virtues of a paleo diet and that you will live forever <laughs> if you do. And You know, we speak to all these wonderful people like yourself who are aging beautifully. And my grandfather, who was 99 and 350-something days, he wasn't a vegan. He wasn't paleo. He kind of just... No, just just an ordinary average Joe Blow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. and what, what we tend to find, Thelma, is that many people that are living with a purpose like you are, working within the church community and being able to man the desk each week and that are moving regularly like you are every Tuesday and catching up with your friends and your family and all the rest of it, it seems like that is the, the key ingredients to living a great long life. Just, I've got one last question, Thelma. As someone who is one of 12, your, your father died uh, relatively young. Your mum, I think you mentioned she applied for a war pension but was incredibly knocked back back in those knocked days. Back. How did you survive? I mean, you must be so... My mother, was on, my mother was on Struggle Street from the time Dad died. It was terrible. But naturally, you all help. You keep the rent paid up and you all, you know, every time you go, you take different things to the family because we had a lot of young ones growing up and things like that. But uh, uh, we were very, very distressed. These days, she would have got it straight away because Dad came back with a leaky valve of the heart, had been gassed, as I say, and buried alive briefly. The other troops were walking on, they said, Where's Bunny Kinsman? Because we're all uh, from, um, uh, what's the name, Stocks, Cornwall people, and they're noted for their short heights. And uh, they said, oh, where is he? And then they seen Parvin sticking out, and they went and dug him out. So it was only briefly, but fortunately, uh, they managed to get him out and, uh, you know, give him a drink and get him all the dirt out of his eyes and hair and mouth and everything. And... Uh, he survived that. So, and then when he died at only forty-six, mother put in the pension, and they refused it. I often wow. wondered whether it was because she had all these younger children coming on, and they might have thought that's too big a job, you know, yeah. for us to be paying <laughs> yeah, to be paying out. Well, yeah, it's very, very sad. It's clearly made you very stoic. You've got a great resilience, a great attitude, a great determination, and a beautiful personality. And we can't thank you enough, Thelma, for joining us at short notice on 100 Not Out and really sharing with us the wisdom of what it takes to age gracefully despite the challenges um, and real tragedies that you've experienced in your life. And 40-plus years, a widow and a significant part um, of the of the guild of the War Widows Guild, which is a wonderful organisation and and largely in your own um, area of South Australia, really driven by people like you. So thank you for being uh, just an incredible example of what it takes to age well. And as we like to wish every one of our guests, may the rest of your life, Thelma Zimmerman, continue to be the best of your life. Thank you, young man.
And thank you to the other young man there. So you're Marcus, aren't you? That's right. You've been speaking with Marcus yes. and Damien, and it's been a real joy to speak with you today, Thelma. Thank you, gentlemen. Say bye-bye. It's our pleasure. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You're wonderful. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> well, Damo, what an incredible soul Thelma Zimmerman is and just gives you a little bounce in your step. I know you're about to head off to a PT session. That'll give you an extra bounce in your step. And maybe an extra couple of years, I'd say. Absolutely. You'll uh, push out a few I'm, more today. It's been... Uh, I, it's, might li- I might live to 150. Well, it's incredible when you listen to someone's story how much uh, our own challenges pale into insignificance, particularly at this time of the year when you learn so many rich histories of um, people's lives. Many of them, you know, you just realize how lucky we are in today's world to live the lives that we do. So thanks again, great man, for joining us. For more information on Damo, head on over to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. And if you want some in real life action with Damo and myself and a wonderful like-minded tribe of people that are really interested in aging well and making the rest of their life the best of their life, head on over to 100notout.com to check out our 10-day longevity experience on the Greek island of Ikaria, 10 days in paradise on the island where people forget to die, September 4 to 13, applications over at the website. Thanks again to Damien, to you, all of our listeners, to our editor, Joseph Tomo, Rosie Garner, who does our social media. Thanks for your support of The Message, folks. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.